0: New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers, naturally savvy, with registered holistic nutritionist, Andrea Donsky and health journalist, Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. My wonderful co-host, Andrea, is away today. I am so excited about our next guest. I was able to have her on my show, It's Your Health, and just even a few minutes in, I immediately thought, Okay. We've got to get this incredible woman on Naturally Savvy Radio. She is Tatiana Ferrero-Porta. She's originally from Bogota, Colombia, and we're going to be talking about her unbelievably fantastic book that I love, Yoga for the Wounded Heart, A Journey, Philosophy, and Practice of Healing Emotional Pain. Tatiana, hello again.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, oh, I'm so excited. We had such a great conversation on It's Your Health. And I thought, you know, I don't know how much crossover there is. And I need to get the naturally savvy audience to hear about you and how incredible you are. You've been through so much and, and the way that you've used yoga to heal emotional pain isn't something we hear a lot about. So Tatiana, I already know because I read the book, but to take people a little bit about your early childhood and, and some of the things that happened for, to you.
1: Sure. So um, in the book, I write about my personal experience and my early childhood. Um, I was born in Colombia and I was there until I was around 10 years old um, when my father died very unexpectedly um, in a car accident. And then Mm -hmm. my mother decided to come to the U.S. because she had family here. And a few years after that, she was very suddenly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and um it took her really quickly um at that point my sister and i jumped around from foster care to foster care and it was a situation where um there was two big hits right and uh, my sister right. and i were 13 and 14 years old and without having an opportunity to even be able to land in my mother's loss and what it meant to no longer have uh parents so after that, we jumped around, um, and unfortunately, those homes were not, n- not exactly safe for a young person. And we, um, we had a fair amount of different forms of abuse. And when I was, uh, 18, I finally left and went to college and sort of committed myself to my academic endeavors. And it was my, my sort of, uh, my getaway. Um, but, As I talk in the book, as it turns out, we really can't uh, pretend the past didn't happen. And whatever we don't face will come back around in some way or another. And that's exactly what happened to me as I entered graduate school. I was studying comparative philosophy and religion, really, I think, as a way to find meaning in the things that happened to me. And, um, And I hit rock bottom, and I decided that... Um, my life, I just couldn't live anymore. Um, at that point I was riddled with panic disorder, social anxiety and eating disorder, OCD. And it was a struggle for me to just get through a single day. And I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine a life that wasn't full of pain. And I didn't know what to do with all the pain that I had. And, um, and then I found yoga. Yoga. And it absolutely changed my life. And the book is really about how that happened for me personally and how and how the practice and the principles are not personal, right? That they're that right. in fact it's it's them being universal that takes us out and helps us come outside of our story and really tune into something bigger that is um, that is ultimately Feeling, So that's a little bit well, of you know, the
0: story. Oh, well, I know when, when in the book you write uh, coming to New York was like stepping into a haunted house of all my ghosts and like one of those freaky and cliched movies. Once I entered, all the doors closed behind me, locking me in. All of a sudden, it was as though I could hear the howls of my own unresting spirits, those things I thought I'd buried deep within. They were all waking up. And that happens for so many of us. You know, I you can't just bury stuff because it's going to come back. And when we, we've we all had traumat, different varying levels of trauma in our lives and we need to deal with it, and it can be really tough. So talk to us about how you discovered yoga. And then when did you see that connection happen between, wow, I'm actually healing from what I went through because of this?
1: Sure. Um, so it was actually as I was on my way out of my hospitalization after my suicide attempt, um, I was having hmm. heart problems and part of the routine checkup on my way out was being a cardiologist and she sat me down and she said you know how is everything working for you and I said it's not this is how much more bottom can I get than this and she said would you be open to trying something different and I said yes and she said have you ever done yoga and at that point I'd actually been doing yoga about three years which I think is really mm. interesting um yes. and she says, "No, no no no, 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 not done yoga. Have you practiced yoga? And I said, I don't really know what you mean by that and she said, All right, your homework is to um go practice yoga every single day for thirty days
0: and
1: and i and that I was on a mission to do that and um it was maybe a week after that a week or two weeks after that that I f- first met my my very first teacher, and I had a very similar experience with him where i He saw my earnestness that I wanted to study with him. And he says, you can come and you can study with me, but under the commitment that you must be here with me every single day for a year. And and that was really the first step into that commitment and into practice. Um, Within that first year, by the end of that first year, I wasn't having panic attacks. It had been months since I'd had a panic attack. Meanwhile, prior to that, I was having panic attacks and I was taking medication for them. Um, mm-hmm. On I would have, on average, sometimes up to three, four a sing, in a single day. So even going a week without a panic attack, I, I couldn't even imagine what that would have been like, um, let alone months and months without without having one. And I write in the book about how there was this, this sort of dual... Um, Epiphany for me that the first was, oh my goodness, I didn't have, I haven't had a panic attack in months. And the second one was, oh my goodness, I didn't even notice, Um, which meant to me that my normative way of being in the world had radically shifted, but it had done so in this very gradual, little by little, little by little, so that what was really happening was that my nervous system was healing. And so I wasn't expecting a panic attack, and because I wasn't expecting one, then one didn't come, or that it helped that loop. Um, And that was the first time that I thought, "Oh my goodness, like, what is this? Is really, really powerful." And um, and at that point, you know, continuing my commitment to the practice, years and years later, I still continue to see because, as I say in the book too, I'm I'm a work in progress, and I think we all are. Um, Right. But the healing, the healing aspects of this practice are really, to me, um, miraculous.
0: Oh my goodness. That is so exciting because it's just so hard. You know, lately I've been feeling a little bit stuck. I'm having some different changes in my career and some things going on just in my family. And I'm I'm feeling this sort of tightness in my chest a lot that I've never had before. And I don't know if it's anxiety or stress or old stuff. So I need, to, um, I need to get into a practice myself, which my husband keeps reminding me because he's really into his yoga practice and he's calm and centered and I'm jealous, but I need to do it for myself.
1: And so many of us do. And like you said, um, so many people experience traumatic effects and we're finding now that the science is, ca- is catching up to the teachings. And, and um, we see that about 70% of adults have undergone a traumatic experience. In their lives, and I'm not uh, part of my mission or what I feel what I'm here to do is to is to educate people on that week what to do with trauma because most people were not emotionally educated for that, and what we're finding now is that daily stress that compacted daily stress of day in and day out that it doesn't have to be one event that that compounded right. stress can equal. Trauma to the nervous system and to the brain. So I think it's a really important subject that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, um, and that we're seeing. I mean, you read the news, and even even just reading the news can be traumatizing sometimes.
0: Oh my <laughs> it's gosh, like, it's horrible.
1: The, the question is, what do we do with that? What do we do with the people who are grieving? What do we What do we do um, with the people who are suffering? And I'm not sure that as a society we're currently equipped to answer that question and i'm not sure that that's being fully explored to its complete potential.
0: Yeah, i think that's such a good point. You know, you said something earlier that you've been practicing yoga, but it wasn't really a yoga practice. So so differentiate for us because if i started going to yoga class and i was just, you know, doing some sun salutations, that might not work the same way that you're doing. There's something more it sounds like. Is that correct?
1: I would say that that's true. Um, yeah. If I if I'm going to get classic, if I can get classical for a moment <laughs> and go Please, back to yes. the actual text of yoga, <laughs> the, yes, the yoga love of Tanjali <laughs> which have become you know the um, the canonical text of yogic philosophy, where we first find, historically speaking, a uh, a compilation of of sutras they're called or or, or of um, sentences and terms that define yoga as a practice. So the question is, well, what does it mean mm-hmm. to do yoga versus to practice yoga, especially now, right. sort of the common understanding of it? And there's a portion in the sutras that says, look, here is what constitutes a practice. And, um, and it says, and I'll, I'll use a little, I'm, I'm borrowing this from Swami Satchananda, who is one of the Swamis that brought yoga to the West um, in the 60s. And has an ashram here in, um, in New York City, and he uses this allegory, and I think it's so funny and accurate. And he says, "A, a, a student comes to a teacher and, and says, "Teacher, I've heard that if I practice yoga, um, I will be less depressed. <laughs> and all these great things will happen, and I'll stop <laughs> feeling so crummy." And the teacher says, "Yes, that's true." And so the student says, "Well, I've been practicing, and nothing has happened. I still feel awful." And the teacher says, Well, how long have you been practicing? And the student says, Three days. <laughs> so the first principle is that a practice must That's be funny. attained to for a long time. And right. something that I like to remind my students, or something that comes up a lot in classes and in um, training, is that we tend to think, Oh, I've been doing this so long, so long. But when I ask students, How long have you been practicing? a lot of the times it three months, three years, you know, even five Mm. years. And I'd like to think of my practice as as its own entity, almost like a child. So if you've been practicing three months, you have the the wisdom or the understanding of an infant. If you've been practicing five years, you have that of a child, right? So there's something Mm -hmm. that happens when we develop a sustained practice over a period of time that allows us to deepen and develop and really mature in that practice. And that's a different quality than right. than something that's done over a period of, you know, two weeks, even three months. Um, so then right. the student goes away, comes back many years later, and he says, teacher, you said that if I practiced for a long time, um, I would feel better, but I'm still I'm still depressed. Um, my body doesn't feel good, what's going on? And the teacher says, well, how long have you been practicing? The student replies, 25 years. The teacher Mm. says, okay, well, that's a long time. Tell me about the quality of your practice. And the student Mm. responds, well, I'm really good on the weekend. So (laughs) (laughs) the second principle is that a practice must be attained to without break. And in in now we're talking a lot about our I, I think it's a lot more in the consciousness that we talk about how diets don't work that right. something that you do for 3 weeks or a month or whatever and then you go back to the way that you were doing things that's not going to create the meaningful change in lifestyle we talk a lot about lifestyle changes and i think the right. same is true for a consciousness diet right it's not like i'm going to yeah. go go do yoga every weekend and like that's it and then then I do it for three months and that's it like the quality of it is going to and the consistency of it over a long period of time it has to do with practice and then the third element the sutra says practice must be attained to in all earnestness and I think what that's pointing to is that there's a way that we do things and then there's a way that we um that we imbue them with a, with a sense of beingness and with a sense of, mm. of meaning. And what I mean right. by that is that it's very different to, let's say, practice asana, practice yoga in order because I want tighter buns and tight abs. And I'm not saying that that's wrong by any means, but I am saying that it's different than doing yes. it as, than utilizing the practice as a mirror for our lives. And utilizing it as all right, well, when I do, to go into this posture, I recognize that I get angry or I get frustrated, and then I inquire, well, what is that? What brings me frustration? What does frustration feel like in my body? How do I react to frustration? Do I get out of the pose? Do I stay in it? Am I in another pose, still thinking about three poses back? And so the quality again is just so much. It's just. Such a radical difference with how the same tool can be utilized in different ways. And so I think that that's really what constitutes practice that length in time, that consistency within the length, and then our intention, which is something very internal, um, our intention to, to see it as a mirror for, for our lives and our, our understanding and our growth. And when we do that, then it doesn't become, um, I go to yoga it becomes that right. yoga is everything that you do in life.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. Now, being that your sister went through so many hardships as well, uh is she into yoga?
1: Yeah, she's a yogi through and through, she, though um mm. I would say her her um avenue hasn't primarily been the physical asana but mm-hmm. her, she's been a practicing meditator for years and years before I became a meditator. Um, and oh, that's great. She, you know, she had a, a different set of circumstances. Um, well, it affected her differently than it affected right. me. But nevertheless, her nervous system was absolutely impacted. And ultimately, it's not about the poses as much as it is about that, that mindfulness. And, and that's what we see. Um, over and over again in in current studies in neurobiology and psychology that it's that mindfulness aspect. Um, and so yeah, she's definitely a yogi.
0: So for people who are listening and they think, oh my goodness, this could be what I've been looking for. I've tried different types of therapies to help with my trauma and I or maybe what I'm doing is helping, but I want to do more. what What's the best way to start?
1: I think the best way to start is find a teacher who has been, uh, practicing for at least a decade, who has been practicing okay. and teaching for at least a decade, somebody who's established in their practice and who, um, you know, that, that, that maturity in the practice will allow that person to either give you different tools. But it, I think that finding a teacher is really important. Um, and it sometimes requires a little bit of research and it, it requires kind of seeking out different people. And that part I've found that for people can feel a little bit discouraging or difficult. Um, And my advice would be to keep going, because once you do find that person that speaks to your heart, um, it's really unlike any, it's like unlike any, anything that I've personally ever experienced.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Now, Tatiana, I understand that you are a part of Peaceful Generation now. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So Peaceful Generation Now um, is a program here in the New York area, um, and we educate educators, um, administrators, and students on the benefits of mindfulness, and then we run mindfulness programs at different schools. So uh, right now, a lot of my work is in alternative schools, working with students who have experienced often, oftentimes, uh, pretty severe degrees of trauma, and students who are unable to be in a regular high school environment. And um, we bring yoga, mindfulness, and train the entire staff. And in a in a meeting not that long ago, we were talking about the 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 main counselor was telling the group was telling us how much since the program has started the culture like the overall culture um of the school has changed and the tools are really helpful to the students because i we educate them on how trauma affects um the brain and our emotional <laughs> our emotional states mm-hmm. and our ability to choose and how mindfulness is very healing for all of these things and then we teach them the actual tools and we practice them so it's a very comprehensive program um, that I have so much, I love so much, and I think is so needed given the state of all the stress that teenagers now are facing because I think we're at a new time where those of us who are not teenagers can't quite relate to what it's like to have social media, school shootings, and the pressures that that teenagers have on a daily basis today.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like you're doing such incredible work. Tatiana, the time goes by way too quickly. Tell us all the ways we can find you and your fantastic book.
1: Um, So you can find me at yogaforthewoundedheart.com. That's the book website or my personal website, tatianayoga.com. And I always welcome questions. I'm very accessible so people can write me um, questions and I'll be sure to respond.
0: Well, I think you're fantastic, and I'm so thrilled you were able to come on today. Uh, I want to thank Tatiana. I also want to thank our wonderful sponsor this month, Organic India. Uh, Seasonal cleansing is a time-honored tradition in Ayurveda. Cleansing in the spring is one of the gateways to true wellness. Preparing your body and mind for the new season by shedding those protective winter pounds, reestablishing your natural state of balance and increasing your energy and vitality for the longer days ahead. Organic India is transforming the wisdom of ancient traditions into accessible, easy modern day practices to support you in achieving true wellness year round. So visit organicindiausa.com to learn more. I want to thank everyone for listening to Naturally Savvy. You can follow us at Andrea Donsky at Health Media Gal One. That's the number one, not O-N-E at your Radio MD and at Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening and stay well.